A top Republican debunks a conspiracy theory, but will Donald Trump listen? Plus, the president reveals his biggest regret to date. And Donald Trump responds to Roseanne Barr's firing. Shocker, it's all about him. This is the State of America tonight. The president repeating once again that he wished he picked someone else as his attorney general. Why did the president feel so betrayed when Sessions recused himself? I am even more convinced that the FBI did exactly what my fellow citizens would want them to do. So how do you like the fact they had people infiltrating our campaign? In the era of Trump, lies become truth, truth become lies. Look at Roseanne, look at her ratings. ABC executives called up Roseanne Barr and they said, look, we've got a problem here. We are canceling your show. I think we have to turn it into a teaching moment. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. To our viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. I have a lot of regrets. Eating that pasta for lunch, a regret. Not studying more in college, of course. Not putting a big reminder in my calendar that today is my wedding anniversary. Serious regret. Lots of regrets. Does the president of the United States have regrets? Well, many of them say yes. This president, just listen. Do you have any regrets about what you've said? These about were bad. No, I don't have regrets. No regrets there. But there is at least one thing we know that President Trump does regret making Jeff Sessions attorney general. The president has made no secret of his anger at Sessions for this one moment. I have now decided to recuse myself from any existing or future investigations of any matter relating in any way to the campaigns for president of the United States. And that, of course, includes almost entirely the Russia investigation. And now, in case there was any doubt, President Trump has made it clear in a tweet, of course, that he wishes he had picked someone else. See there? So what prompted this latest shaming? This interview with Republican Congressman Trey Gowdy. I think what the president is doing is expressing frustration that Attorney General Sessions should have shared these reasons for recusal before he took the job, not afterward. Um, If I were the president and I picked someone to be the the country's chief law enforcement officer and they told me later, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be able to participate in the most important case in the office, I would be frustrated, too. That's how I read that is, is Senator Sessions Why didn't you tell me this before I picked you? There are lots of really good lawyers in the country. Mm -hmm. He could have picked someone else. Well, now the New York Times is reporting that Trump went one step further, inviting Sessions to dinner down at Mar-a-Lago only to berate him over the recusal and also to ask Sessions to, technical term here, unrecuse himself from the Russia probe. The Sessions recusal really set the president off. To the president, it's the original sin. It's the thing that leads to Mueller. The president is convinced that Rod Rosenstein, who overtook overseeing the investigation from Sessions, never would have appointed Mueller, and he would not have the cloud over the administration that he has. If he's so mad, then why doesn't Trump just fire Sessions? Sessions does serve at the pleasure of the president like all other cabinet officials. The New York Times says this. The president would really like to get rid of him, but Republicans in the Senate have said that they will not confirm another attorney general. And they have sort of boxed the president in on this issue. They've said that getting rid of Sessions would be going too far. So a definite regret there, but something a bit different here. 
something the president may very soon regret, his conspiracy theory du jour, that the FBI planted an informant in his campaign to serve as a spy. He was at it again just last night. So how do you like the fact they had people infiltrating our campaign? Can you imagine? And just last week, the president was demanding the Justice Department give Congress a peek at classified information about the FBI's confidential source. When they look at the documents, uh, I think people are going to see a lot of bad things happen. I want them all to get together. They'll sit in a room. Hopefully they'll be able to work it out among themselves. What I want from Rod, from the FBI, from everybody, we want transparency. Be careful what you wish for. That meeting happened. Trey Gowdy was there since he is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. And now that very same congressman, Trey Gowdy, who the president was citing for his criticism of Jeff Sessions, Trey Gowdy is now debunking the president's conspiracy theory. I am even more convinced that the FBI did exactly what my fellow citizens would want them to do when they got the information they got and that it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. I think when the president finds out what happened, he's going to be not just fine. He's going to be glad that we have an FBI that took seriously what they heard. He was never the target. Russia so is it the target. To me- well, we'll have to wait and see then if glad is how President Trump feels about the news and also then about Congressman Trey Gowdy today. But at least one Democrat is glad and frankly grateful for Gowdy's remarks. Unfortunately, our president has a long history of uh, rolling out uh, baseless accusations and conspiracy theories. I'm frankly grateful to Congressman Gowdy that he has stepped forward and made such a clear and forceful statement. A clear and forceful statement is, however, not what we heard from President Trump on another burning issue. Comedian Roseanne Barr, her racist tweet and her firing. Just two months ago, the president was promoting her show, her new show, and her ratings to a rally full of supporters. Look at Roseanne. I called her yesterday. Look at her ratings. Look at her ratings. They were unbelievable. Over 18 million people. And it was about us. Fast forward to yesterday when the show was canceled after Barr's racist tweet against a former top advisor to President Obama. It was radio silence then from from President Trump, even his press secretary going as far to telling reporters last night that Roseanne is, quote unquote, not what he is spending his time on. Then today, the president decided he is spending his time on it with this tweet. Bob Iger of ABC called Valerie Jarrett to let her know that ABC does not tolerate comments like those made by Roseanne Barr. Gee, he never called President Donald J. Trump to apologize for the horrible statements made and said about me on ABC. Maybe I just didn't get the call. So what changed? What I'm told is that he didn't defend Roseanne Barr because he's not really that close with her. Uh, There's a brief conversation on Air Force One last night between him and Sarah Sanders about whether or not he should go uh, after ABC or, 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 or defend Roseanne Barr. Sarah suggested against it, and he let it go. But what we see this morning is, is, is that he's now made this personal for himself. Will he end up regretting that? We don't, we don't know quite yet. But at the very least, he seems to be sending a message that he doesn't think Roseanne Barr should be regretting it at all. But she says she is. In another tweet storm, Barr was both apologetic and also placing blame overnight. Blaming, among other things, a sleep medication. With this tweet... It was two in the morning, and I was Ambien tweeting. Yes, she's blaming Ambien. 
And in the category of you can't make this stuff up, the makers of Ambien had something to add to this whole conversation in a tweet of their own, of course. While all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects, racism is not a known side effect, they tweet. And that, my friends, may be the most important public service announcement of the day. No regrets there. Coming up, how would you like to start your day like this? Your boss wishing aloud that he'd never hired you. That's what Jeff Sessions is up against today. The beleaguered attorney general taking another public Twitter beating from his boss. The panel is next. Nobody likes getting yelled at by the boss. I speak from experience. But if your Attorney General Jeff Sessions and your boss is President Trump, the blistering reprimands play out in front of millions. And that's just on Twitter. But now there's a new report that Trump's anger at Sessions is the latest lead in Robert Mueller's investigation. Let's get to it. The panel tonight, Alice Stewart, CNN political commentator, former communications director for Republican presidential candidate Ted Cruz. Keith Boykin, a CNN political commentator and former Clinton White House aide. Jim Schultz is here, CNN legal commentator and former Trump White House lawyer. And David Drucker is a CNN political analyst and senior political correspondent for The Washington Examiner. Alice, we do know that President Trump was not happy about Jeff Sessions recusing himself. That we did know. Right. He made it crystal clear today with his tweet, I wish I had chosen somebody else. Um, if he was just why I know that the argument is that he couldn't get another attorney general confirmed. I just don't believe it. If he's so mad, why not just fire him? It would look bad. And and many <laughs> times has not stopped him before. <laughs> I know it's, it's very hard to believe, but sometimes he does have a a, a shrivel of 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 looking at the big picture here. <laughs> look, as you say, we've all known he didn't. Uh, approve of Jeff Sessions recusing himself. I think Jeff Sessions did the correct thing. He couldn't uh, oversee an investigation on the campaign that right. he was integral part of. That was the right thing to do. However, it should have been something that may have been disclosed prior to him taking the position. It would have been helpful for the president to know that, and he would have taken his time and found someone else. But look, this is a, a, a long history. The president has called him beleaguered. He refers to him as Mr. Magoo, but clearly president wants Mr. Magoo to go, and he's making it quite known. <laughs> I, I agree with 99% of what Alice said. I just want to make one caveat. I don't think this is something that Jeff Sessions should have disclosed, because he's, there's nothing for him to disclose. Trump knew that he worked in this campaign for him. He knew that he was an integral part of this investigation. The only thing Trump should have known is that the Justice Department rules any basic sense of, of integrity and honesty and conflict of interest, ethics, would tell you that he could not possibly oversee this investigation. That's something anyone with, it, with an ounce of, of knowledge of basic operations of a government should have known. But, Jim, the additional part of this is now that the New York Times is reporting that this is this kind of this confrontation, this berating that, they, that the president presented to Jeff Sessions at Mar-a-Lago and his ask to unrecuse himself is now become one of the focuses for the special counsel. Obviously, it seems they're looking at obstruction. Do you see it? I think they're answer, asking questions. That doesn't mean that this has become a focus of the investigation. I think that's a little unfair to call mm -hmm. it a focus. But they're asking questions. Sure, they're going to ask questions about conversations the, the president had with Jeff Sessions. They're going to ask Jeff Sessions those questions. And they may want to ask the president those questions. And, and perhaps the president's going to answer those questions. And perhaps he's they're, they're, those communications are going to be executive, executive privileged. And that may be asserted because the communications between the president as cabinet members can be as executive 
executive pr- privilege can be exerted in those instances. And they're asserting so, it all over the place, even before Congress, even before that even happens. But keep going. Well, that, that's that's true. But but they also they turned over fourteen hundred documents. The White House did, and that's not something they had to. They could have asserted privilege and fought over all of that and chose not to. David, um, Trump, another Trump attorney. Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, told The New York Times about the, the recuse, unrecuse this. Unrecuse doesn't say bury the investigation. It says, on the face of it, take responsibility for it and handle it correctly. Does he have a point? Well, look, I think that the point, I think the underlying point here is that if the president had known that one of the major issues to come before his administration and his Justice Department would have been off limits to the um, attorney general that he selected Mm -hmm. to oversee that department, he probably would have made a different choice. And I don't think you can argue that there's anything wrong in that regard. In other words, wanting your people at the top in control of things as opposed to selecting somebody to oversee a department and then the biggest thing to come before the department, sorry, can't deal with it. I mean, that's not what any president would want. I think the the issue here is... um, a couple of things. One, this shows how ill-prepared the president was to actually win. You know, they ran a, a shoestring campaign, but I don't mean in, in, in the sense of money. Mm-hmm. They ran a campaign that was sort of footloose and fancy free, and so nobody actually paid attention to what anybody else was doing. In a normal campaign, in the good sense, you actually are checking a lot of boxes. Who's meeting with who? What happens if we win? What Chinese walls do we need up so that we don't end up into trouble? And then when you have a transition that's actually ready to go, which they weren't because they decided to tear up the Chris Christie transition Mm. plan and all of a sudden do it on the fly, nobody was able to vet anybody and find out if they were going to have any problems. And so even though they still might have ended up in this problem because nobody actually anticipated the Russia investigation, the ill-timed firing of Jim Comey and everything else, They were simply not prepared to ask the relevant questions that might have helped them avoid some of these issues. Oh, memories, the transition. Um, Alice, the other part of this, and an important part of this conversation, is also what Trey Gowdy said. What Trey Gowdy said last night and again this morning. He was in the briefing, and he said that nothing that he saw in there would indicate that there was a spy that was planted in Donald Trump's campaign. Um, What does President Trump do with that now? He will continue to do what he's been doing, saying that the FBI planted a spy in our campaign. This is nothing more than a witch hunt. This is yeah, spy but Trey Gowdy's not going to give this up, Alice. Trey Gowdy's going to say, I was in there, I saw the documents, and I'm sticking by it. You are right, but tr- Trump's base is going to listen to Trump, not to Trey Gowdy, who's not running for re-election, has nothing to lose by saying this. I, I believe what Trey Gowdy says. I believe if he's seen the information and, the, and no evidence to suggest this was a spy, this was more of a confidential informant, which the FBI should have done. Anyone who had reason to believe that the Russians were uh, uh, interfering in the election mm-hmm. would support having a confidential informant in there. I also uh, believe that Trey Gowdy should be able to speak on, on all of this information that is not classified because it's important to get the facts out there, but the president, Rudy Giuliani, and uh, Republicans who support him will continue. But Jim, what this is doing. bananas. Why can't why can't the president and I, and who knows he can, he always surprises us. But why can't the president just say, okay, Trey Gowdy saw the documents, no spy here. Well, moving on. Trey Gowdy certainly has better information than all of us sitting at this table. Ha, certainly has better information at this point than the president does on that on those topics. 
And but I think the important thing that came out of this is that no one was pointing to the president and his role in this. He said this had nothing to do with the president. This may have had a lot to do with the Russians and other people that may have been involved in the campaign, but this had nothing to do with the president. That's what Trey Gowdy said. And that, that makes an important if point. If I'm the president, I seal seize on that. That's the exactly spy, then. That has nothing to do with it. I mean, right. the spy thing is a deflection. This was all about the president trying to reframe the debate and make it completely illegitimate that there was any sort of investigation at all, which right. undermines and the special it, counsel, and, and that's all the David, president David, now what about. that also means is Trey Gowdy stay close to your Twitter feed because now <laughs> Trey Gowdy's not up for re-election. Trey Gowdy can say whatever he wants. Trey Gowdy might be facing a tweet storm in his future. Coming up, the story that has all of America talking, a TV star's Twitter tantrum and everyone waiting to see the president's response. What he did respond, what Donald Trump said and didn't say about Roseanne Barr's firing by ABC and where the conversation should be now. That's next. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. That was President Trump's controversial response to the violent clashes between neo-Nazis and protesters in Charlottesville, Virginia, last summer. It ignited a huge debate, you'll remember, about race in America with demands of the president stand up, speak up forcefully against racism. Now, after racist tweets by popular TV star and Trump and Trump supporter Roseanne Barr, the president is again responding to racism and again not forcefully speaking out against it. Let's get back to the panel. Um, Jim, what did you think of the president's response when he laid out in his tweet? I think he should have responded differently. I think the president should have responded uh, denouncing Roseanne Barr and everything she said yesterday and and how inappropriate it was and not just inappropriate, but racist. And, you know, I, I think that he needed to be stronger on that. Yeah. And I hear that it's it's an easy one to get right is what we've heard over and over again. Is that correct? Because tone deaf is the I think the nicest way to describe what we saw from in the president's tweet that they put up there. Um, Why would he ever in this tweet, Alice, why would he ever want to in this universe make this moment about him? That's I mean, he does that all the time. I mean, everything's about him. And the and the unfortunate thing to that point this was an opportunity to have a real teachable moment on racism. Granted, the height of hypocrisy coming from the president, but this was an opportunity for him to say there are consequences for uh, polit- not just politically incorrect statements, but human decency statements that are disparaging to, uh, to many people. Okay. If he's not going to make this a teachable moment, then keep his mouth shut. Don't make this about him. It's not about him. He should have taken this as an opportunity to take the high road, denounce her comments, and, and encourage people to use a lot softer language moving forward. But unfortunately, he didn't. At least George Bush, when Roseanne Barr did the national anthem and grabbed her crotch and spit, he said that that was disgusting. I, it would take two seconds for President Trump to say something the same. It's, it's ironic because this president has gone after the NFL and uh, professional football players for kneeling during the national anthem as a form of protest. And yet here we have an actress, a comedian, who in the past... Uh, delivered a very uh, well-remembered, as George W. Bush referred to it, disgusting rendition of the national anthem. But that's okay as long as you're a Trump supporter. And I think that Trump looked at this, again, as another opportunity to frame it as himself against the media elites, which his political base responds very well to. 
Um, and it's another example as well of people in Trump's orbit that try to be Trump cannot be Trump the way Trump can because they end up suffering consequences that he so far has not. Uh, Keith, give me your take. Well, that's what I don't understand, David, because it seems to me that there is no political consequence for Trump just denouncing this. His base would still support him. I agree with you 100 percent. It doesn't make any sense to me that he wouldn't simply say, look, I'm a big fan of challenging political incorrectness. So you guys disagree with the the kind of the idea that he was trying to in a raw political sense. We're not talking about like being above it all here at all, but in the raw political sense of trying to thread some sort of a needle, which is. Not, I, but I'm not saying, say, say a bunch of words and not say anything, especially not. But I'm saying I don't think that was necessary to thread a needle. It was, every, everyone here has spoken already. I mean, it, it, I feel like it, it's pretty clear. It's a slam dunk. You just you say what you have to say and then you move on, and it wouldn't be a story. But um, you know, this is this is a candidate. Then what is it, Keith? Well, you know, he has a history. There's a history going back to the Charlottesville comments that you played a moment ago. There's a history with the KKK when it came up during the campaign. It took him several days to respond to that and get it right. Um, and I don't know what he, what is compelling him to do this, but it came on the same day when Starbucks is was closing 8,000 stores to talk about race, and ABC took and Disney took swift action about Roseanne. So corporate America is holding its people to a higher standard than the American government is holding our president of the United States. It's great to see you guys. Let's see what happens tomorrow. That's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, your favorite app, or your favorite app. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Thanks, you guys.